And you know what Peter says to Jesus? He says, Jesus, where else would I go? There is no one else that has the truth other than you. Those Peter's words to Jesus when Jesus's followers were abandoning him because Jesus's words were too tough for them. Peter says, where else can I go? No one else has the truth except for you. Hey guys, this was just a quick clip of what you're going to be hearing today in Leviticus chapter 11. And we're finishing out this chapter today, so I hope you guys enjoy it and sit back, relax, and tune in. Hey faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Welcome, faithful listeners, to the P40 Ministries podcast. How are you guys? I'm so glad that you're here to talk about the book of Leviticus with me. I don't know about you guys, but how many people listening in think that the book of Leviticus is boring? You know, I I have heard people struggle through the book of Leviticus because they believe that it is very boring. However, I'm struggling through the book of Leviticus for a different reason. (laughs) I don't actually think the book of Leviticus is boring, but it's so infinitely above me. You know, sometimes I think as a culture, and I am no exception to this rule, we have a tendency to make God who we want him to be. But then the book of Leviticus teaches us, no, this is who God is. Like he is so above us. He is so glorious that reading the book of Leviticus is hard for us because we realize how many shortcomings we have. So I think that the book of Leviticus is actually tough for a lot of people, mainly because of that. And also some people are like, oh, well, we don't even have to read it anymore. So what's the point? You know, and I've, I've mentioned that too many times on the podcast as to what the point is for reading Leviticus. But for me, I've been struggling reading it because God is so glorious and so above me that he is who he is. And I have to listen to that, you know, and realize that God wants respect. And the book of Leviticus is kind of showing how, you know, we need to fear God in a sense. And I think all of us want to think of God as just this like mamby-pamby God that just lets us do whatever we want, but that's not who God is. And the book of Leviticus makes that so clear that's not who God is. And I think that's one of the reasons many people struggle with reading through the book of Leviticus is it just does not conform in their mind to who they believe God should be. So we see things like, Nadab and Abihu dying in God's presence because they disrespected his stuff. They disrespected him. 
And we're just like, oh, God is mean because of that. But he's not being mean. He is being God. He is showing people that he is holy and that people need to be set apart in order to have a true relationship with him. People need to be holy as God is holy. Because if you're not holy, you're not going to be able to have that relationship with God. And so God is showing us this through the book of Leviticus, showing us our own shortcomings and showing that he is so above us that we literally need to be taught how to live a holy life. And even when we're taught it, we can't do it. Hence why Leviticus <laughs> is like over and done with, because obviously Jesus now has come and done it for us because we literally cannot in our own power. So yeah, I mean, sorry to uh, <laughs> drop that on you guys early on. But yeah, I mean, this is just stuff I've been thinking about since I've been going through Leviticus is just that God is God and we need to respect him. We need to revere him. And yes, he is loving, but he does deserve respect. So in what way today can you choose to respect God? And that's something I want to leave with you today as we discuss this last portion of Leviticus chapter 11, verses 41 through 47. So I'll read out of the W.E.B. as always, and make sure to grab that cup of coffee as you sit back and read with me. Every creeping thing that creeps on the earth is an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly and whatever goes on all fours or whatever has many feet, even all creeping things that creep on the earth, you shall not eat for they are an abomination. You shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creeps. You shall not make yourselves unclean with them, that you should not be defiled by them. For I am Yahweh your God. Sanctify yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any kind of creeping thing that moves on the earth. For I am Yahweh who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy." This is the law of the animal and of the bird and of every living creature that moves in the waters and every creature that creeps on the earth to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the living thing that may be eaten and the living thing that may not be eaten. What stands out to me is the fact that God here places great importance specifically on not eating creeping things that creep. <laughs> and let me tell you that little creeping things are very creepy to me. Okay, I'm sorry. This part when God says, whatever has many feet, you shall not eat. Oh, oh, that just reminds me of centipedes. I am horrified of centipedes, guys. I hate centipedes. I don't know who in their right mind would want to eat a centipede. I don't want them anywhere near me. I don't want them in the same room as me. I don't even want them outside. I hate centipedes that much. I truly do. They truly scare me. And I have like a phobia a little bit of them as well. And when I see one, like when you turn the lights on and you see a little centipede just like run underneath the rug, oh, I have to find it. I cannot turn that light off until I strip the entire room and find that centipede. <laughs> But I mean, this is more than just centipedes here. This is talking specifically about things that go on its belly. And the first thing we think of is a snake. We know from the Garden of Eden 
that God has specifically put a curse on the snake. In fact, one of its curses was the fact that it was going to go on its belly. So likely beforehand, it had feet or legs or something. And God took those away and made it a little slithering creature. So God does not want us to become abominable, is what it says, by eating a snake. And I think there's something even more significant going on than just a food law about snakes. I think it has to do with a spiritual thing as well. Snakes should not be sought out as sustenance. Jesus himself often calls himself the bread of life. We are supposed to literally be looking to Jesus for our spiritual sustenance. And maybe I'm getting a little too uh, (laughs) preachy here, but I kind of almost think of the snake here where God is calling the snake abominable and how we're not supposed to be seeking it out for sustenance is almost like a picture of the spiritual as well, because the snake is often, not always, but often associated with Satan. And so Satan and the works of Satan and uh, bad fruits, or for example, when we were going through the book of Mark and Matthew, we talked about the tares in the wheat, how the, the tares were just a wheat looking thing. It was a weed that had no fruit on it, you know, but the wheat itself would be the ones that had the fruit. We're supposed to be getting rid of things that don't produce fruit because producing fruit is what shows people that we are Christ followers, obviously. And Jesus places so much importance on becoming fruitful, if that makes sense. So obviously the only way we, be, we can become fruitful is through Jesus. But we don't want to be a person that just looks like we're fruitful, like that tear in the wheat. We want to be somebody that's actually fruitful. So in that way, we need to be spiritually focusing in on Jesus, who is that bread of life, rather than Uh, anything that Satan could produce. So we're not supposed to look to Satan in a way for sustenance. And I know maybe I'm, I'm getting a little too much with this, but I just thought that was an interesting analogy, how God himself says specifically several times that these animals in particular are an abomination. He talks about how some of the other animals as well, like animals with paws, are considered an abomination in the way that we should not eat them. But God specifically says about the things that creep, the children of Israel would become abominable if they ate the creeping thing that creeps. And I don't know if that was said beforehand. It might have been, but I'm not, I'm missing it if it was. But I find that really interesting that specifically God is talking about snakes and things that are like snakes that creep along the ground, little creepy things that those make us abominable when we eat them. So to me, that almost sounded kind of spiritual. And so I I just wanted to share that with you guys. But it says here that we are supposed to sanctify ourselves and be holy. So in today's language, in verse 44, this would basically mean set yourselves apart and be set apart because both sanctify and holy mean pretty much the same thing. Sanctify means to set yourself apart. To be holy means to be set apart. So God is telling the nation of Israel not to act like the Egyptian nations or any of the other nations around the world with the way that they do things. You know, the Egyptians would eat whatever they wanted. 
Same with any other nation, probably. And a lot of this stuff would have a lot of pagan things tied to it. It would have a lot of uh, spirituality. And God is saying, don't follow into that stuff. Don't fall into that stuff. Rather, do things differently the holy way, the way that you are set apart, that people around the world will look at you and be like, wow, you're acting differently than I am. And God was doing this not only for the Israelite people, but also for the nations around the world. Because one of the reasons God gave the Israelites the law was so that the Israelites could actually bless the other nations. So from the very beginning, God was pulling people all over the world to him. He did it to the Egyptians. He was doing it to other Gentile nations at this time. And he was doing it to the Israelites. And now, of course, we know that there is no Jew or Gentile. We are all considered God's children. Race does not matter. It doesn't matter if we're male or female. It doesn't matter if we're slave or free or Gentile or Jew. We are all part of God's family now. But God from the beginning has been wanting his people to come to him. He's been wanting his people and all the peoples of the world to come to him because obviously he created each and every person individually in his own image. So obviously he does love everybody. And so giving the Israelites these food laws would be the first way that people could really see that the Israelites are different. Because yes, the sacrifices would have been a little different, but people all around the world did sacrifices at this time. Human sacrifices, animal sacrifices, whatever else. So sacrifices, the people would have been like, oh, they're doing it a little different, but that's how their God requires it. But the food laws would have been very, very unique and were unique. I mean, David Guzik, Friday, he talked about the bubonic plague and how the Israelites didn't get it. I mean, that's that's historical fact that the Israeli people were kind of untouched by the bubonic plague because of these food laws where they were getting rid of rats and stuff out of their sewage systems and, and uh, not drinking poop water. <laughs> okay. But I mean, where I come from, which is uh, West Europe and Eastern Europe, I mean, my ancestors were touched by bubonic plague because they didn't have these food laws back in those days to protect them. But my point here is, you know, the people, these Israelite people were so set apart, even until the like bubonic plague era, because of these food laws, they were doing stuff differently. So when people looked at the Israelites, they would probably wonder like, why are they doing it like this? And ask questions and maybe start following God the real God rather than these pagan gods. So God mentions Egypt and he says, don't be like the Egyptians. I brought you out of there. You're done with that. You are set apart. You are fully away from the Egyptian land and you shouldn't be acting like them anymore with their food laws, with their paganism, with their worship of other gods, with their spirituality, with their racism and anything else. They were supposed to be different. And God is putting a point to this and saying, this is why you follow these food laws, Israelites, is because you are different. You are set apart. And that's basically what God says here. He says, I am Yahweh, your God. Sanctify yourselves. Be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any kind of creeping thing that moves on the earth. For I am Yahweh who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. He's wanting his children 
to be holy. He's wanting his children to make that choice to be holy because God himself is holy. And even to this day, this is something that God requires of his people. You know, you and me, he requires us to be set apart, to be different, to be holy. And we can make that choice whether we want to do that or not. We, we have the choice to make. Do we want to be holy or do we want to be like the world? Do we want to not produce fruit or do we want to produce fruit? And listen to the parables that Jesus taught us about how important it is to produce fruit. Like I said to you guys before, when I was going through Matthew and Mark, I was shocked by the number of parables that was about fruit and how people who don't produce fruit are going to be plucked out. Just like those tares in the wheat, they're going to be plucked out. So you and I have a choice. We can choose to be different. We can choose to follow what Jesus tells us to follow, or we can choose to follow the ways of, you know, anything else we hear that is contrary to scripture, maybe. And you know what Peter says to Jesus? He says, Jesus, where else would I go? There is no one else that has the truth other than you. Those Peter's words to Jesus when Jesus's followers were abandoning him because Jesus's words were too tough for them. Peter says, where else can I go? No one else has the truth except for you. So you and I have a choice today of what we can choose to follow. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for sharing it, liking it, subscribing to it, and rating it five stars and writing a review. These are all excellent ways that you can share the P40 Ministries podcast. As odd as this sounds, writing a simple review is a way of evangelism. I had a wonderful person that uh, follows the P40 Ministries podcast message me the other day and say that she feels that she is evangelizing because she is rating the P40 Ministries podcast. And it was almost an answer of prayer to her. I was very touched by that. And I thank her once again for sharing her story with me. But it's very interesting how, how true that is nowadays. I mean, writing a simple review or uh, rating the podcast five stars is an excellent way to help people find it. Because when that happens, when a podcast gets more uh, ratings or reviews, then the platform that the, the podcast is on, it's going to see those reviews and share it with more people. Podcast reviews are kind of the life of the podcast. So take some time today to uh, evangelize by just writing a review and letting people know in that way that the P40 Ministries podcast exists and is something meaningful that they can tune into as well. You know what, guys? I'm having a giveaway on Saturday, so tune into that episode. It's going to be real short, but I'm just going to explain the giveaway and what I'm going to be doing then. Hope you guys are excited for that, as I am. But until then, happy listening, and God bless. 